Lucas Tigers and Bronze is brought to you by Hybrid Grading Approach. HGA is revolutionizing the industry by implementing software that will allow them to scan, analyze, and grade cards without subjectivity. This allows for consistent and unbiased grading. They have an easy submission process and best-in-class customer service. Their pricing model is simple. Pay by the day, not by the value of the card. And when they say 10 business days, they mean 10 business days. Luca Nation, what's going on, ladies and gentlemen? We're back with our Tuesday episode, our Star Stock episode. Uh, be sure to stay till the end. Conrad's going to do an amazing breakdown. Uh, I think it's a real buying opportunity in NBA. Uh, NBA's fallen 18%, almost 18% over the last week, and we're going to get into that. But make sure to stay to the end because Conrad does an amazing job and people have really loved it. Today, we're going to start off a little bit different. Kevin Durant and the Nets. They look unbeatable even without James Harden. Blake Griffin is resurgent, and I personally think might be worth looking into his cards a little bit, whether that's on Star Stock or outside. Uh, but Cage, Kevin Durant. Remember I, remember I gave a Blake Griffin play? Yes, yes, you did. <laughs> by the, by the end of this, we're all we're going to basically give a play on every single player. Everybody, ever everybody's in the league. No, but when he came over to the Nets, it made sense. You know, he was beat up. You never know. And he, he had to ride the coattails and get a championship, man. I mean, listen, Robert Ory, great player, right? Won a lot of championships. Was never the best player on his team. I don't even think he was one of the top three players on his team. But won a lot of championships. I'm not saying Blake Griffin's going to win seven championships or anything like that. But people are like, hey, Robert Ory should be in the Hall of Fame. I don't know about that. I mean, one of those. I was going to ask you, Blake Griffin. Let's say the Nets win win the championship. Is he a Hall of Famer? No, not yet. But you know, I mean, all of a sudden, the fountain of youth must be in Brooklyn. I'm going to head over there and find out what's going on because this was a guy. Forget about it, he couldn't dunk. You know, in, in the old uh, the old schoolyard. You know, it was like, okay, you can't dunk, but can you touch the rim? Like he couldn't even like he could he couldn't even touch a, the net. You know, like he he was one of the one of the you know you're six three, but you're pudgy. You know, like me, you know, like, you know, like you can't, you know, all of a sudden he's a high flyer. He's banging his head on the backboard. I mean, he just, he posterized Giannis. I mean, that was, yes, he that I mean, that was, yes, I mean, he kind of, kind of pulled Giannis's arm down a little bit. It was pretty funny. He got away with that. But I mean, all of a sudden he's got hops again. Where'd this come from? Ponce de Leon. Where'd you, where'd you go, my friend? <laughs> so, yeah. uh, he's resurgent. He's resurgent. By the way. Blake Griffin has uh, he has a potential career in comedy. He's pretty funny. I don't know if you've ever got a chance to watch some of his uh, Comedy Central roasts, especially the one with Alec Baldwin. We were watching that the other day. He's pretty funny. I will check them out. Always like those funny guys, like Anthony Edwards. So go ahead, you can talk about the Nets. You think the Nets are uh, the Nets are they're gonna they're gonna sleepwalk through this, huh? You, you finally they on the Nets bandwagon. Well, they look unbeatable, and I'm seeing something different from Durant. Maybe you are too. I'm seeing a little bit more leadership from him and a Kyrie bit. as well. I don't know if you've seen them. They're talking to some of the younger guys. They're patting on the back. It's from what I'm watching. It seems like they're. It is a team of egos. I mean, Blake Griffin, Durant, Harden, Kyrie. But it seems like they've all kind of taken and found their role. And this team's going to be tough to stop. Uh, and I'm curious. Can I ask it, normally, I'm the one who answers a question. Can I ask you a question in two ways? So, number one, and I'll ask you two questions. You can go ahead and do it here. I'll get them both out there. Number one is you're talking about Durant and Kyrie as leaders of the team. These guys are going to potentially win a championship. Who knows? It remains to be seen, but that they're taking these guys. Are you subtly taking a shot at LeBron by saying you never see LeBron do that at all? Is that your way of saying that 
that these guys are doing what LeBron does not do, and we're going to have an episode where you go after LeBron, even though it's a star stock episode. That's question one. Question two, you feel free to answer that however you like. Question two, no, more importantly, I, is, this will not this will not be a LeBron episode. Okay, so two last week, you thought you thought the Bucks were going to not only give these guys a run, but they were going to win. So so this is not a hey revisionist history or like wow you're a dummy. What has surprised you the most about the Bucks? That what you expected to see, you're not, or just the Nets are that much better? Talk to me, because that's what I'm interested in in this matchup. Sometimes you hope as a fan, as an investor, that things click. What I've learned is don't wait for things to click, catch on the trends. For example, I'm going to go way different route here, but it's going to make sense. People, when I was in college, were buying up real estate in deep, deep West Philly. And they're like, well, if real estate in college town is is popping off, it's only a matter of time till West Philly really takes off. Well, then you're sitting, waiting, and wishing. And I think that's what I'm seeing with the Bucks here. I'm sitting, waiting, and wishing till they find their, their offensive groove. But they're not going to because they have a bad coach and they have a bad scheme. So, for example, Giannis is their main ball handler. But this guy can't shoot. This guy, Giannis, needs to be working off pick and rolls. He should be working at dribble handoffs where he gets the ball going to the hoop, not dribbling up the court where the entire defense can hone in on him. So that's on the coach. That's on the offensive scheme. But it just hasn't worked, and it hasn't clicked, and it won't work. Giannis taking 16-foot fadeaways against the Nets, to me, is, is ridiculous. Giannis taking three-pointers at, at his will is ridiculous. He's a, he's a bad shooter. I was hoping with seven days off, they would watch game tape and they would come prepared with a different offensive strategy and scheme. They did not. So I love the comparison. And do you laugh at your friends now who who bought in like in, and you you bought in Motown, Philly? So like you you bought in a much better much better area. You know, boys to men brought that place right back. So so all right. So I mean, Giannis. I I, I mean, the one thing you didn't like about the Bucks, even though you were confident about them, was you don't like their coach. You think you call him Coach Butthole, and obviously you don't think he's doing much. Better than I didn't that. call him that. <laughs> <laughs> I think you did. <laughs> you know, I'm pretty sure you did. Like, and if you didn't, you should because it's funny. So, so. Anyway, you know, I mean, it's what it is, man. All right, so that's on that side. Can I can I tell you? Um, you know, I tuned in about a halfway through the first quarter of last night, and I saw that Michael Porter Jr. had six points in like three minutes, and then he was like gone again. Um, Joker shot pretty pretty poorly from the field, but I mean that was a close enough game until the Suns pulled away. Like, are you a believer in the Suns? Because four of them scored over twenty points last night. It wasn't like, hey, Devin Booker is going to hang sixty, and we're going to go. There were four guys on on their team that scored twenty points. It's pretty. Yeah. I didn't. Wa- I didn't watch the game. I went to bed early last night, so I apologize. So I don't want to talk about something I don't know. What I was more surprised is that they held Joker to twenty-two points and nine nine rebounds and only three assists. Yep, that to me was more impressive. That they held the Denver Nuggets to one hundred and five points. I didn't watch the game, so I'm curious your take. If you listen to our scouts episode with Conrad, mm-hmm. Conrad, out of all four matchups. This was the one he was most confident about, and he said the Suns are going to take this pretty easily. The Suns look like a better team all around, right? Um, they definitely do. Um, and we'll see. This is going to be a make or break for Michael Porter Jr. We'll talk about him soon during the episode, obviously, on Starstock. Yeah. But, you know, it, it's a big it's a big thing. Um, it's funny. To begin the game, it looks like uh, Chris Paul got kind of bumped on his shoulder again. 
and he was kind of tentative. The shot didn't look right, and but he, I mean, he obviously they rode him down the stretch. And I think while he has not won yet, right? I think the the big difference between the two teams is his experience. It's the fact that he plays like he's been there before. You know, he's he's out there like a coach on the court. And Denver's got supreme talent. I mean, I'm not going to tell you Michael Porter Jesus is not a good talent. He's a talent, obviously, right? You think that's funny, dude? I say it a lot now, though. But so, I mean, he's, he's a talent, and Joker's a talent. And, you know, I mean, I, I know I said he's nothing great. People are telling me he finished fourth in the MVP race last year, and, and I get it. It's all kinds of fun stuff. Um, you know, Kevin McHale finished fourth in the MVP race once, too, but nobody's going and driving for his cards. So, um, you know, I, I, right now, Chris Paul's the huge difference, just like I think he was in the Lakers series. You saw when he was hobbled and when he wasn't playing, what a difference it was between those two teams. Um, where the rubber hits the road is if the Suns have to play like the Clippers, right? Because that's a different story. So we'll get I there think when we, we get there. I think we're seeing a, 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 a split where there's really good teams and then there's just pure NBA talent. Like this Nets team has played together for like seven games. But do they really need to play together when you, you watch Durant? He played he played on another level last night. He was crossing people up. He was pulling up from three. He he he's seven foot one and he crossed someone up, got to the cup and finished. Remember that reverse layup? Yeah, by the time he retires, he's gonna be seven foot nine. He's gonna be he's gonna be George Murison. I mean his height goes up every single every single time. I mean, is, he, is he growing? Is he, does he have a growth spurt? He's huge. He look he's huge, man. Oh man, Kevin Durant. Yeah, I mean he looked great, but I get what you're saying. The point is, I mean the 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 dream team in '92 didn't have a lot of time to play together, but it didn't matter when you're that much more talented than the people you're going to play against. You don't need to have that chemistry, you know. When you're the best by far, it's a different story. And that team, it's amazing because I liked Harden. Harden was like the distributor of the ball. He, you know, when they did start playing together in players, I mentioned this. Like he was the one who wasn't going to score forty. He was the one the ego was taking the back seat, but he still had 23 mm-hmm. assists. And I was like, right. that's going to be the difference. They look just as good without him. It's amazing. Well, we were watching the game. They put Duran at point guard yesterday. Yep. yep. Did you see that? Yep. Think about that. You put a seven, let's call him seven foot, seven foot scorer as your point guard, and you blow a team out. They were winning by 50 at one point. Yep. Yeah, they won by 50. I mean, that, that's, that's, it's insane. I haven't seen that before. Uh, and I'm curious what's going to happen in the Jazz uh, Clippers series. Because back to that, if we're following the same rule of thumb, Clippers are, have way more talent than the Jazz. Jazz don't really have that much talent, frankly. Outside of Donovan Mitchell and Go- Gobert, mm-hmm. I mean, Mike Connolly, Bogdanovich, uh, Ingles, these are not ta- the most talented players, but they were the best team in the league all year. Who do you so have in that into, series? Coming into the playoffs. Before a game was even played, I said it about the top, right? About these, about these teams, right? You have to show me. You have to show me something before I'm gonna believe in you. I'm talking about Denver. I'm talking about the Jazz. Um, you know, partially I'm talking about the Suns, but obviously Chris Paul is showing you, and Chris Paul has been there before, right? And I said I'm not a buyer in any of those teams at the top of the West until they show me they can do it. So, yeah, Denver got through the first round, and they beat Portland, right? And and I think we all thought it was going to be a tougher series for them than it was, right? Lillard's been there, you name it. They now have to climb that mountain again. They have to beat a Chris Paul who has experience. Same thing on the other side, right? Dallas, similar foe. Looked like they were going to get over that hump after the first two games. But all of a sudden, you know, Kawhi, Paul George, people have been there before. They turned around and turned it up, and Dallas could not do it, right? 
you're now going to see that with the Jazz, right? The Jazz are now facing the Clippers, right? If they beat them, right, that's a huge step. If the Jazz beat the Clippers, a huge step because now you're beating a team that's got some playoff experience, some tread on the tires, you know, some wear, you know, team that's been there. And, and then you're one of the teams that has some experience. Now Donovan Mitchell has, has, you know, made it to a conference finals. Like, it's a different story. And whether you want to buy into it or not, like, playoff basketball is different. It just is. You know what I mean? And and teams that have been there and done it, that I give them the advantage. So to me, I'm Clippers. So if if Kawhi if the Kawhi who was there in game seven, game six, back against the wall shows up, the guy I mean, look, everybody can talk about Luca scoring, you know, fifty points and a half. And I love Luca and he's amazing and he's an exciting player to watch. Kawhi almost had a triple double in that game also. You know, he had a he had a huge statistical game in that game seven. Put him away. I mean, that guy closes. He closes. Nobody likes him because he doesn't talk. But in the playoffs, can you argue with his with his resume, really? So, I want to talk about Terrence Mann. So during nice. the game, Terrence Mann cards went from three dollars for Star Stock A to I'm gonna pull it up here. They were what is it three yeah four three four dollars for Star Stock A to six fifty for Star Stock A, and then today. Someone accepted four offers for $2.50. <laughs> what do you make of that? Is that just an outlier sale? You wouldn't pay no, attention to it? No. Is, this, is, so is that I an like opportunity Mann, to buy? Right? You know, we, I got an auto of his. I forget. It was Mosaic maybe? It's an Ian's collection. We got it back as a nine. We sent it to PSA like way long time ago, right? Terrence Mann. Remember your Terrence Mann auto? The scripts that you got upstairs? Yeah, that's orange. It's orange, yeah. Orange. It's yeah, orange. We have another we got a clear one that we didn't grade. Okay, we got we were getting some Terrence Mann, and we were like, "Wow, why do we want Terrence Mann?" But if you look, it's perfect for Star Stock, right? Because that was during the game, right? He looked good, right? But if you look a little deeper, you know that's that's impulse buying, right? So if you were buying during the game, which is when that six fifty purchase was made, yep. he was the difference maker. Like they were they were playing him. He was getting minutes over other players on the bench who would have otherwise been there. Who was it? Um, not Jackson. But who is he playing over? Patrick Beverly, right? They were starting him over Pat Bev, right? Definitely, right? Um, so they were starting him over Beverly, and he was getting minutes, and he was contributing. He was playing good defense. You know, he was being scrappy. And you can see an impulse buy if there are no other ones. Just, okay, whatever the bottom is, I'm going to buy. Whatever the cheapest one is, I'm going to buy now. But if you peel back the layers, and they even did it towards the end of the game, they showed the stats, like, coming in, he had, like, 2.2 points is what he was averaging, and then he had, like, 14 points in Game 7, right? So, you know, eventually if you're reasonable about it and you take a step back and you look at the actual stats, he's great. He's a spark plug. You know, he's a good player. Maybe next year he might start right on the team and actually contribute and have some real good numbers. I think he's lining up for that with his playoff um, experience, but, but he's not somebody who's going to be like the difference maker in every game, right? He was in that game. So I think when cooler heads prevail after it settles and you have a chance to not be buying that impulse in the moment, um, you see, all right, let me look. All right, he really only averaged a couple points, you know, when, when it's all said and done. He had one good outlier game. Now, don't get me wrong. If he comes out in game one of the series and, and, and is playing, gets real minutes and contributes again and scores double digits, the, the person who accepted those $2 offers is not going to be happy. You know what I mean? I think I, I think you said there, I think he's going to be the he's going to be in the starting lineup next year. I think he's gearing up for that. He, he's still young. He hasn't gotten a lot of play. He's not going to get a lot of play versus a Utah Jazz team, which is really experienced. I don't. I don't see. 
they needed him versus the Mavs. I don't think they're going to need him as much versus a Utah team. I could be wrong, but I think he's going to be in the starting lineup next year. And I, I like that starting lineup. I think Kawhi Paul George with Terrence Mann, who's kind of a slasher, a do-it-all, offensive rebounds, defender. Uh, I think he, I think he could really find a niche in in, in, uh, in the league next year. I really do. I like it. Let's go through the data. Yeah, because I would imagine Terrence Mann's cards eventually will will be on there next week. But yeah, let's go to go through the data. So I mean, we got to start with the NBA index down seventeen point six seven percent over the last week. Crushed. That's the biggest drop we've seen in a long time. RJ Barrett down forty eight percent. Trey Young down forty eight percent. Luca down thirty three percent. I feel like Trey should not be on that list. So can I take this a little bit sideways? Um, sure. You know, using the numbers because a hundred percent. Like my play today is obviously if you haven't bought Trey yet, go buy your Trey cards. And if Barrett continues to go down just because the team lost and Randall didn't show up, that's another one to do. But if you guys remember last week, we give you the the three performers who are the worst performers, and and Andrew just gave it to you, right? So so this is based on the data that Starstock, who sponsors this episode, gives us. Nice little inside data. You can get it yourself. You look at it, but here you go. You ready? Worst performers this week. R.J. Barrett down forty eight percent. Trey Young down forty eight percent. Luca down thirty three percent. Okay. Last week we did the exact same thing, and we told you who the three worst performers are. And I told you with Andrew's approval that a strategy that we've had basically in every one of these episodes is to buy those guys who are the worst performers because it's just people looking to exit star stock more than anything else, right? It's people looking to get out from under the cards. It's people who are overreacting. It's Barrett being knocked out of the playoffs. And people are saying, oh, I'm going to get rid of him and buy some football cards. And, and week over week, the play has been by those things that have been beat down because it's overreactions on Starstock. And you'll see those go back up. This week, I hope you listened to us last week because this can, I'm going to refresh your recollection on who number one most down was last week. Michael Porter Jr. was down 51%. Andrew, you want to tell everybody who the top performer this week was? It was Michael Porter Jesus, up 75%. Michael Porter Jr., up 75%. If you don't remember last week, number two down on the worst performers list was a guy by the name of Mikel Bridges, who was down 47%. He was the second most down last week. You want to tell the folks who's up number two this week? Up 36.36%. Mikel Bridges. So number one down last week, Michael Porter Jr. Number one up this week, Michael Porter Jr. Number two down last week, Mikel Bridges. Number two up this week, Mikel Bridges. You want to venture a guess who number three down 43% was last week? DeAndre Hunter was was the third most down last week, 43%. So we gave you those three in our data, told you MPJ is down. We told you Bridges is down, Hunter's down. Do you want to tell the folks who number three top performer this week is? Number three top performer, DeAndre Hunter. Of 20%. So, so it's to ignore a trend like that is it, it's to you ignore it at your own detriment, right? We've told you who was down, and that the play has been it's up. So the three guys we named who were all down are now the three guys who are up. So listen again, the three who are most down this week: R.J. Barrett down forty-eight, Trey Young down forty-eight, Luca down thirty-three. I have a feeling you're going to see at least one of those names on the top performer next week. So have we uncovered something here? People use star stock to liquidate their assets, especially when somebody gets knocked out of the playoffs. 
if you are sitting there and you're not in a need of capital, couldn't you be strategically picking out some diamonds in the rough, some really deep discounts, especially in graded cards, holding them in your collection? And I'll even go one further. Maybe one day you call, you uh, email Starstock and you get all of them mailed to you and you send them to consigner, you send them to eBay or you hold those cards. You don't necessarily have to sell on that, on that platform where you could be looking and getting great buying opportunities like we've seen week over week. I mean, Am I thinking about that the right way? 100% the right way. Listen, everybody's looking for a new strategy of what to do while there's a dip. Everybody's looking for a way to play. And, and everybody's looking for that correlation between performance and not that, that, that daily fantasy. Starstock's the only one that's going to have it, right? Especially if you're active on the platform. It really is. Um, you don't have to worry about timing, grading, all that stuff. It's just it's in there. You can buy it. And I mean, if you believe in Terrence Mann going into the last game, and you're buying his cards for for a buck, two bucks, whatever it may be, and then then you buy then you sell them during the game for six dollars. I mean that's that's the epitome of basically daily fantasy play for Star Stock. So I love it. Um, and you talk about Terrence Mann. You want to talk about the top five players by sales by sales count? Sure. I want to ask. I'll, I'll get into that. Okay. Yeah. Top five. Well, oh, you can, can I ask you one quick question? Yeah, ask man. Come on. I love the Star Stock episode. It's one of my favorites. I'm looking at a Kyrie Irving card, okay? Ooh. 875 bucks for the Prism 2012, okay? PSA 10 mm -hmm. on Starstock. What has Damian Lillard done to justify that his cards are more expensive than Kyrie's? People like Lillard a little more than Kyrie. Um, you know, he's he's a, you know, there's 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 not much negative Dame stuff out there you know he's a rapper you know he's he's a hip-hop um you know um he's got like street cred and the whole deal and i don't really know too many people don't like him and he you know he lights it up but yeah i mean resume wise Kyrie has already won one and looks like he's got a shot to win another one um so yeah i mean <laughs> if you're talking about and LeBron, won one Kyrie. lebron won one because of Kyrie. smart kid over here so he literally um, won that one because of Kyrie. Kyrie made that shot at the end of the game that's a great point. Very smart kid. He may, yeah, but that's just one shot. Let's let's call let's 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 do let's call the truth here. I mean, LeBron LeBron won a couple of the other games in that series pretty much single handedly. But yes, yes, Kyrie is and that's a. I would love to know what that card was sitting at like in the bubble last year because I mean he wasn't you know Kyrie wasn't playing per se. But when we when we saw those twenty twelve prisms go up and the Lillard was approaching three thousand dollars, you know what was the Kyrie fifteen hundred two thousand? I mean, it's definitely off from its highs. And of all the people in that set, <clears throat> you know Kawhi's got a real chance to be relevant. You know, as the playoffs mm -hmm. continue, Kyrie's got a real shot. You know, Anthony Davis gone, Lillard gone, Clay Thompson gone for quite some time. Um, so yeah, I mean Kyrie is the is, is, is that's it's a good just a good play. It's just interesting. I mean, there's another one on here for Kyrie. There's um, a BGS eight and a half Panini limited autograph. Okay, Panini limited autograph. How much do you think a Panini limited autograph of Kyrie should be? You're on mute. I said KJ. I have no clue. I have no three hundred bucks. Wow, really? Swear to God, a BGS 8.5, which doesn't matter when it comes to auto. Uh, Panini limited auto, limited basketball autographs. Bronze first off the line. Beautiful card. 
Oh, and by the way, guys, I don't know if you realize this. So when you go to Starstock and you click on the card, you can actually see the card front and back. You could flip it to the back if you just click on the image yep. to, to enlarge it. Something to keep in mind. But, Cage, you go top five. You wanted me to top, go top well, five. Well, before that, Jeez. I mean, just put a, put, a, put a bow on Kyrie. All the prices down because people just don't like Kyrie? I, I think so. There's nothing that I – Is there enough perfume put on Kyrie if he wins two championships with two different teams? I think so. That's a huge thing. A lot of people haven't done that. You know, that's a a lot of thing. people haven't done that. He's flashy. He's got a really cool game. As much as people don't like him, I think that there's also a group of kids that love Kyrie and that buy his shoes, that emulate his dribbles, uh, his handles, and his game. So I'm not, I'm, a, I'm not a Kyrie lover by any means. I actually historically have not liked Kyrie a ton. I don't like his – I didn't like how he left the Celtics. I don't like how he talked trash on his teammates. But if we just put that aside – Kyrie's market is a really interesting market. There's birthday a Kyrie present. jersey. A little birthday present for the kids. You spoil your your little son. Cool jersey. This is from this is this is from a friend. And that's pretty awesome. And er, thank you everybody for wishing happy birthday to the kid. He, he, he added some followers, right? Ian's Ian's card coloring. He added a bunch of followers. Yes, he got a lot of really nice messages. Look at this. You guys are the best. I mean, I, I clicked porn, on right? I clicked on card porn's story this morning and it was a shout out to Ian. So yeah. It's pretty sweet, That's man. Pretty it's pretty cool. It's pretty awesome. The, I mean, the, the hobby community. If you, if you're thinking about exiting because of losses or because of you know something that happened in the last couple months, take a step back. Don't buy anything. Don't sell anything. Just take a step back and just take a look at what goes on in the hobby. Take a look at the people who are in it. Take a look at the you know the generosity that's out there. Take a look at the, the cool things that are done by 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 participants in the hobby. Um, you know all the giveaways that people do. Just stuff like that. People didn't have like cardboard. That was pretty awesome. Thank you. You don't have to do that. I mean, it's a kid's birthday, but you know, this kid will be in the hobby for his for his life now. I mean, that's you know, that's that's, that's the deal, man. He's he's gonna he, he got a player, so eventually, you know, Panini can start selling a Target again. He's buying, you know, at some point in his life. But yeah, no, seriously, thank you guys. But Kyrie, we'll see, man. We'll see if it, uh, another championship might change everybody's opinion. So go ahead, top five. Top five, you okay? Let's go through the data. So sales breakdown by sport: football, fifteen percent of sales. We're going to have a football index next uh, week for you guys. Baseball, 55%. Basketball, just over 30%. Top five football brands was by flat, sales. right? Football is flat. I think, I think we're going to start to see. That's only the 15%. I think we're going to start to see, starting next week's data, I think we're going to start to see a slow climb of the football sales count. June is notoriously a slow month for trading and stock market and everything, just in general. So keep it in mind, like – the reason I took that, that day trading class is because I wanted to compare market behavior. And, and guys, as much as there's been a sell-off when it comes to sports cards, there's been a sell-off in stocks. There's been a sell-off in crypto recently. So it's not just towards the sports card market. It's just that it's, sometimes it happens that way. You know, they say a lot of traders leave in May, they go away, and they come back in September. So there is that angle. I, I think patience is important, but I agree. We're going to start to see way more uh, NFL sales as we approach september time cage anything from baseball we haven't talked baseball in forever yeah i mean listen also another odd thing i don't i still don't know why this is happening but 2020 prism draft picks basketball was in the top five brands by sales i guess maybe because so many people put so much of it in that it's just always <laughs> going to be something to get sold in the top i love that baseball it's 2020 and 2021 tops are the top two brands being sold and i mean i know i added to this so travis Demerite. 
there's 239 of those sold, I know a couple of those were mine. Like I, you know, from boxes that I broke that I just sent into, uh, that I just sent into Starstock, all the, you know, the flagship top stuff. Um, Bobby Bradley, he's playing really well as well. But I mean, you have some, you have some basketball thrown in there. I mean, look, look at the top five players by sales count, like volume. And you see Cam Johnson and Terrence Mann. It shows that people are, they are playing the game, which is these guys are not the stars of their team, but they're in the playoffs. They're going to get televised games. They're going to get exposure and they're low risk, high potential reward type of plays, right? You know, these, you can buy these rookie cards. They're pretty liquid. And if Cam Johnson shows up and actually does something in one of these games in, in, in this upcoming series, or they continue on and, and he has a game here or there, people who are buying his cards, 250 of his cards sold this past week. I mean, you know, people, that, that's a smart play. I mean, you know, I'm trying to think like Kyrie plays is, is, is a cool play also. I mean, like that, there are other players out there on these teams. Terrence Mann, Cam Johnson. I mean, let's go to the, go to the East, right? I mean, a bunch of guys on the Hawks, um, you know, who are one or two years of of, of tread on them. Um, who you could buy on Yeka Okongwu, or maybe he has like a huge block game. You know what I mean? On the Hawks, you know, he showed up and and was making a couple of cool plays. There are just a million ways to do it, especially with the playoffs going on and just everybody watching the games. Um, baseball. I mean, baseball, nobody should be surprised, obviously, that baseball, um, that the top performers, right, the, 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 the top performers from this are guys who we talked about last, last week and all last season. Tatis, I mean, last I looked, the, the dude had like 17 or 18 home runs on like 13 or 14 stolen bases. I mean, he literally is on pace for like a 50-50 season, which is absurd, and he missed time. So, you know, Tatis, Soto. Up, these guys are not up huge, but Soto, Kyle Lewis, now Lewis was on our our beat down mm-hmm. list last week. Same same start of stuff. So so here's the actionable data, and take it for what it's worth. Keston Hira is getting clobbered. He's down forty four percent. Right, that could just be somebody looking to liquidate. It could be somebody you know looking to you know to get out, exit that. Aaron Judge is down thirty two percent. Now, that's a guy who at any point in time can turn around and have a week where he wins AL Player of the Week. I think he might have even done it already once this year. And Gavin Lux down 30%. That's a guy, you know, I've talked about him a bunch of times, where from a star stock perspective, you want to take a shot on him, right? Because that team, you know, they're a good team. They'll be around when it comes down to at the end of the year. And if he's given any type of a playing time and it does anything, you know, that, that'll turn around. By the way, before we do it, a little pat on the back, because I was about to say the Dodgers are a great team. But in our baseball episode, I said the Dodgers and the Padres, that NL West, are going to be great. But I also said don't count out the Giants. So that Giants is going to be like a three-headed monster out there. And the Giants are holding steady, man. They've been a very good team this year. Um, so I take a look at those guys as well out there. I mean, ultimately, it's who's a the, who's season. their uh, who's they have good pitching, they have good batting. It's just a good, team. good team. Like I don't even, I can't even tell you. Like you know, the oh, here is the top guy on the Giants. You know what I mean? I can't even tell you. I mean. Um, is it, but suppose he's having another good season, right? I mean, you know, he, you know, pe- when you're a catcher, people kind of forget about, um, you know, um, you know, the end of your career, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you, you figure, all right, it's going to be Joe Mauer time, and um, you know, they're not gonna, they're not gonna be good after a couple of years because you get beat up playing catcher. Um, Is you're always in that squat position, it just destroys your legs. It's, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's part of it, but it's, you know, that it, it, you get beat up, you get beat up playing catcher, but he's having a really good season. Um, you know, just the team overall is playing, is playing really good baseball. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'd love to give a play on like somebody who, you know, we can, you know, who, who we can actually say like, there's your guy. But I mean, you know, Brandon Crawford is a shortstop hitting 12 home runs. You know, I don't know. I don't know. You know, you know, if, uh, if that's really actionable, but Buster Posey, they have they're, they're doing it. They're, it's a team. It's you're absolutely right. It's a team. Buster's at batting 333, 10 home wow, runs. I didn't realize it was that high, but yeah, he's doing good. Yep. Uh, Crawford. I mean, I, I don't think Brandon Belt's still there, or is he? He is. He is. But I don't think he's having the greatest yet. But he's he's still there. Brandon Belt's still there. Mike Yastrzemski, who obviously that's a baseball name. Um, he had a great year last year as a rookie, and he's not. You know, the stats are not there. But I mean, you know, they all kind of contribute. You know, they're all they're all they're all playing well. And those are all the guys from the the championship teams. Yeah, I mean, these guys. I guess they know how to win, right? Is that the, is that the deal? Mm-hmm. You know, is that the so, deal? So let's let's wrap with this because I, um, guys, if you're going to be in Philadelphia this By weekend, the way, there's a show in Philly. I looked it up. Kevin Gaussman is seven and zero with a one point two seven ERA. That helps. Wow. That 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 that, that helps. <laughs> that Didn't he used to pitch for the Orioles and he was he's like got, an okay middle mid mid tier pitcher? Seventy seven innings. He's got 93 Ks and only 16 walks. Wow. That well, I mean, this that'll help somebody. That'll, <laughs> that'll help you. But yeah, he's he's an Orioles. He was the. I mean, it doesn't come out of nowhere. He was he was a first round pick for the Orioles, pick number four in 2012. So yeah, I mean, he's obviously he's he's having a heck of a season. The only problem for him is that he's in the National League, and so is Jacob Degrom. It's gonna be hard to win many awards. That guy is just insane. I was looking at the ground stats, and he has two losses this year. Well, he plays for the Mets. I mean, he won. I think. I think he won the, the, the Cy Young with a lo- losing record or a five hundred record. How frustrating does that? that that's got to be so frustrating, Cage. I think he cut out, but this is what I'm going to wrap this episode with. I think he lost service, but guys, if you're in Philadelphia, uh, Starstock's going to be there. So if you want some cards or some slabs. Uh, and you don't want to ship them to Starstock, don't worry about it. They're going to be at the show, so just make sure to bring the slabs uh, right there, and uh, you'll you'll hand them over. They'll do a little sign-in or whatever, a little form, and then they're going to be uploaded to your vault very quickly. So I'm excited about that. Last thing I want to touch on, and let us know if you are interested in this, if this is something that you want to see happen as well. I think soccer cards could do really, really well on Starstock. And Starstock is kind of at a stage where they want to hear more from you guys. They want to hear what's working, what's not, what that you're enjoying about the platform, what, what you're not. And they're also open to accepting new and different types of cards. So one of the things that I was thinking, and I'm curious to see if Luca Nation agrees with this, soccer cards, I think, could do really, really well on this platform. So be sure to speak up. Let us know. If that works for you, we'll reach out to them uh, and we'll try our best to make it happen. Stay tuned. We got Conrad right after this. He does a deep dive into the NBA Emerging 30 Index. Talks about some opportunities and things like that. So hope you enjoyed today's episode. Luca Nation, how's it going, you guys? Hope you are all doing very well today. Um, as you can tell, we are back with another Starstock episode. I'm going to be breaking down the Emerging 30 Index once again. So for those of you that are wondering how to get to the index yourself, so you can look at all 30 players and you know, do a little dissecting of your own rather than, of course, just looking at the guys that I'll be talking about today. You're going to go to the Starstock homepage. You're going to click view the index. Actually, well, before that, you're going to scroll down a bit on the homepage until you get to the NBA Emerging 30 section, and then you can click 
view the index in the top right corner, click top performers once this loads, or of course you can sort the 30 players by highest valued as well. So today, I, I'm going to start off just talking about the entire index as a whole, rather than of course covering some individual players. We officially hit triple digits. We officially hit triple digits. This is the lowest point that the that the emerging 30 index has been since uh, since it was started. Obviously, it started at the at, at the 1,000 at a thousand points. It has now dipped to 877 points. The first time that it has been into the triple digits. Whew! In Insane week, 188.4 points were lost, a 17.7% dip in the entire Emerging 30 Index overall. Um, but we're, we're going to get into why that is in just a moment here. Uh, but first, I wanted to talk about Michael Porter Jr. The Denver Nuggets officially moved on to the second round. He was playing very well. He saw a weird, massive dip last week at 51.3%. Um, and so now prices have recovered 75% to $62.99. I believe that's a pretty good price for his production, for his potential, and of course, for his future on this team. Um, obviously, like I just said, they, they upset they quote unquote upset the trailblazers, even though they were the higher seed, there was a good amount of people that were expecting the blazers to beat them in the first round, but instead they came out, surprised everybody. And uh, without Jamal Murray, the Denver nuggets still moved on. But of course, Michael Porter jr. Was a huge part of that. Um, another guy that was a huge part of, you know, upsetting quote unquote, upsetting a team, even though they were the higher seed was Mikel Bridges. He was putting absolute work in on the defensive end, um, not shutting down LeBron James, but definitely doing a great job of slowing him down. Um, and prices had hit a super, super low point at $5 and 50 cents. So now we're seeing a recovery period at 36.4% increase this week to $7.50 for his cards. Still pretty cheap, so we're definitely going to see some high percentage fluctuation from his cards over the course of, well, potentially his career, honestly, uh, or at least, you know, during the first few years of his career because he is so young. Now let's get into the reason why these the, the index dipped as much as it did, and here's exactly why. Luka Doncic, Zion Williamson, and Trey Young were all guys in the triple digits, by a significant margin, every Trey Young was the lowest guy at $90 in total, and every single one of them lost more than one third of their total value or, or a third or more of their total value this very week. Luka Doncic just lost 33.3% of his value when going from $375 to $250. Zion Williamson lost 33.3% of his value um, going from $255 to $170. And then Trey Young lost 47.9% of his value going from $190 to $99. This is kind of crazy. We've seen some. We've seen some triple-digit guys uh, dip before. We've seen some, you know, triple-digit guys rebound before. But we've never seen this many of the same, or not of the same, but this many high-ticket young players on this index dip this much at the same exact time. Is it a coincidence? I don't know. Maybe because, of course, they are such high-ticket dollar items. Maybe someone had one of all three of these guys and put it up for a lot cheaper. I'm not completely sure. I can't, you know, make any promises, but um, it's it's very, very shocking to say the least, especially with a guy like Trey Young that's playing so well right now. They had upset the Philadelphia 76ers in game one, and they just moved on uh, beating the New York Knicks in five games in the playoffs. So it, it's kind of crazy overall, just what we're seeing right now. Do I know what's causing this? Really? I don't. Um, obviously the market is in the middle of, in the middle of a correction, 
this could be very easily a not necessarily a side effect, but this could be caused by that recent dip in the market, the correction that we're experiencing. Um, but overall, it, it, it's it's been a rough week for sports car investors to say the least. Now, a couple of other guys I'll talk about are um, you know RJ Barrett dipping by almost fifty percent, and you know I'm just going to mention it because. It's, it's pretty significant, right? Third overall pick in 2019 surprised a lot of people this year. Some people were saying he's better than John Morant. While I personally disagree, I understand the argument that there is for it. And uh, the New York Knicks had made the playoffs, but they are now eliminated and his season is over. So I'm going to guess a lot of people are selling these guys for very, very cheap. And overall, that's why I'm personally expecting to see a lot of dips like this uh, during the playoffs, right? Leading up to the playoffs, you could expect to see guys not dipping as much or recovering or seeing some pretty nice gains on this index because of speculation. But once teams get eliminated, people are going to try to sell like they might have been doing with RJ Barrett just now. People are going to be trying to sell so that way they don't have to take any risk with his cards because obviously the season is now over. They're going to sell immediately. They're like, look, I don't want to risk it. I had a chance to flip. I missed it. I'm just trying to take this money right now buy some other stuff and then flip that and hopefully, you know, make my money back some other way because it's no use just sitting here losing value over time. Right. And um, you know, that, that could lead to some pretty rough weeks uh, numerically or statistically by the NBA emerging 30 index, but we'll see, we'll see what happens. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm surprised, but that is certainly what I'm expecting going into this week. And I, and I, I'm not warning you, but I, I do want to bring that to your attention, that that is something that we could definitely see happen in the coming weeks. And um, overall, not too much else to talk about. There's a couple of guys that I'm kind of surprised are as cheap as they are. The biggest one of those names being Jared Allen. While he's not a high-valued guy um, as a center that can't really shoot threes, that isn't super athletic, that isn't really special in any sort of way, you really wouldn't expect his prices to be crazy high. But at $3, I'm honestly a bit shocked. Uh, they're that cheap, but at the same time, the Cleveland Cavaliers aren't even in the playoffs. So is it really that surprising? Not completely. Um, overall, a lot of, a lot of the guys that are, had that haven't moved are players that were already out of the playoffs. So a lot of their movement and a lot of their changes in prices have already occurred. Um, and we're most likely going to see these guys' prices move a little bit more towards the beginning of the season. And this is kind of where prices are most likely going to sit during most of the off season. If I had to take a guess uh, right there, but anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed it. uh, Or I hope you guys enjoyed this week's edition of the NBA Emerging 30 index. Thank you all very much for watching. And I'll see you guys next week. This episode of Lucas Tigers and bronze was brought to you by hybrid grading approach. Take it from someone who has personally submitted thousands of cards for grading. HGA slabs just hit different. They're top of the line and color coordinated to match the card itself. The aesthetics are unrivaled in the industry. When paired with the ease of submission and the transparency of the pricing model, HGA stands alone as the best choice for grading your cards. I believe that once you try them out, you will agree. Thanks for listening, Luca Nation. Thank you for spending some time with us on another episode of the Lucas Tigers and Bronze Oh My podcast. Um... Do us a favor and like, subscribe. Ah, you know what? Don't just like and subscribe. Everybody does that. If you like us, tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell your enemies, tell everybody. And uh, we hope you got something from spending some time with us today, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.